Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We speak today to Stephen Roman, CEO of Global Atomic. They are TSXV listed uranium junior with an asset in Niger. Uh, they came out with a PEA back in May, which surprised everyone. Low capex, high grade, two years into production. Uh, nothing quite like it outside of Cameco and Kazatomprom, it seems. Um, we talked to them about how they plan to spend the money they raised recently with, the, uh, with regards to completion of the feasibility study and what that's going to allow them to do and when we can expect the mining license. Enjoy the podcast. Stephen, how are you doing, sir? Hey, Matthew. I'm not too bad. Not too bad. Surviving COVID, uh, everybody's healthy and, you know, we're getting back into the office, which is, is great, uh, cautiously. But uh, things are moving ahead. I'm liking it. Yeah, you picked up a suntan along the way. Even better. I like well, it. Well, you know, I, I get a lot of sun on top of this head. <laughs> right. Hey, well, look, um, we've got a lot to catch up on. But for people who haven't seen this story before, can you just give us a one minute overview of the business, please? And then we'll pick it up from there. Yeah, Global Atomic Corporation, uh, a Canadian company, Toronto listed, OTC, uh, QX in the U.S. and also Frankfurt. Uh, we're a, uh, a uranium development company. We've got a world-class asset in uh, Niger, West Africa. But on top of that, we have a, a solid cash flowing uh, zinc business in Turkey that we started in 2009. We have a super partner there, Befeza Zinc. They're the biggest in the world. And between us, uh, we just built a new plant in Turkey, 2019. Uh, so that's now been commissioned and uh, ramping up. Uh, COVID, of course, had a bit of an impact with zinc prices. So the price went from $1.10 to uh, $0.85. Cents. So we've told the market that we expect a two-year payout now uh, because of weaker zinc prices. Uh, and that that project is actually providing us cash flow to finance the development of our big DASA uranium project. So um, yeah, that's that's the uh, the crux of the uh, of the company is uh, a zinc uh, cash flowing asset and uh, a solid uranium development story. That's the crux of the matter. I love it. It's um, good. I'll send the check later. Um, so let's let's talk about this because when when we last spoke, um, you just put out a PEA, which was really really well received, and I want to talk about that as well. Uh, and then subsequent to that, you raised a little bit of money to kind of move things um, forward. Okay, so those those are the kind of main things that happened since we last spoke. So why don't you just remind people about the some of the numbers in the PEA first of all, and then we can talk around that. Yeah, okay. So the PEA and, uh, you know, compared to our peers who've been running uh, their studies at $50, $60 uranium, we thought, you know what, folks, the uranium price is uh, down around uh, $25 and we expect it to go up. And as a matter of fact, it did move up about $10 to about $35 a pound. So we decided to do our PEA at a base case of $35 a pound, which is, uh, you know, we felt very conservative. I think by the time this project is in production, the price should be a little higher based on what's happening in the market. So with that conservative approach, uh, we came up with a project um, uh, ramp access mining high grade 
uh, in excess of a half a percent uranium uh, and producing a, a rate of return of about 26-27% after tax and an NPV at an 8% uh, of over $200 million. So, you know, we expect, you know, that mine plan will be optimized during our feasibility phase. And, uh, you know, with uranium prices moving up, of course, the, the NPV, the IRRs will move up uh, commensurately uh, with the price of uranium. But we can make money in the current market. That's the key. And with our cash flowing uh, zinc business, uh, it adds to quite a story. Well, it is quite a story. I think people were kind of surprised that the... The capex is quite low, less than 200 million bucks, uh, and also the grade was surprised. I mean, did it surprise you? Well, we knew we had a, a tiger by the tail here at DASA. So, you know, we, we made that discovery. We had uh, groups like J.P. Morgan, Macquarie's, Investec all put money into uh, Global Atomic uh, when we were still private. Um, and, uh, you know, this thing has really turned out to be something, uh, it's now 250 million pounds. It's, it's not drilled out, but uh, you know, what the, the great thing is, is that the cash flow we brought in from Turkey through, through our project there has defined an area we call the flank zone. And that's where we're targeting our initial production. And it's, uh, it's very high grade, like 80% of it is running at over 1%. Uh, we've blended the grade down to about uh, 5,300 ppm or just over uh, half a percent. So that gives us a, a tremendous rate of return. We mine small amount of tons, a thousand tons a day. We can produce between four and a half and five million pounds a year, which is really a, a sweet spot for a project in the uranium space. No, it's, it's quite unusual. We, we put out a report on you guys uh, again very well received because it, it just kind of sort of set you apart from some of the other stories out there for sure. So we 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 quite like the model you've created, especially with the revenue from Bethesda. But that that hasn't started yet, really, because you built your plant. Zinc prices have gone down. You're going to have to pay back that plant before the revenue start flowing. What's the timing on that? Uh, well, you know, we thought we'd have it done uh, at previous zinc prices in a year, but now we're saying two years. So we really won't start getting major revenue from that till 2023. Uh, that's the, the estimate at this point. And now we do get monthly uh, management fees, sales commissions, so that pays a lot of overheads. Uh, but the big you know annual dividends from production come out once a year uh, post the Turkish AGM when a dividend is declared. And, uh, you know, so far what we're doing is uh, the project cost us about 26 million U.S., the new plant. Uh, we've already paid that down to about 23, 24 million. And we expect, you know, over the balance of this year and next year to pay that all off. Okay, interesting. And so let's, let's talk about the market. And, you know, important, Matthew, sorry to cut in there, that it's non-recourse debt to Global Atomic. Yeah, noted, noted. Um, Let's talk about the macro a little bit here, because you said to me a second ago, we can we can produce at thirty five bucks, but in the current climate, no one's getting financed, are they? So, I know you raised a little bit of money, but it's a little bit of money. No one's getting no one's getting the the, the capex financed in the current market. So, what are you doing about that? Why why have you raised the money that you did? Because you could have raised more, but you chose not to. Well, you know what. Uh... 
we, we like to keep dilution to a minimum, number one. Uh, we had a bit of a pop in the uranium price. Uh, we took advantage of it. Uh, COVID was there. Obviously, we said, you know what? We put better put a little bit of working capital into the treasury. The stock ran up to about 70 plus cents a share. We did a, a unit offering at 60. There was a lot of people trying to get it at 50. We said, you know, like, this is not fair to be taking such a haircut. So we did a smaller raise, but uh, it provided sufficient capital for us with the, the uh, funds we had on board to finish all of our feasibility work, make our applications for the mine plan and all of that. So really, we don't expect to come back to market on, until we do project financing uh, after we have our mining permit. I think that's very important for people to realize you know, a lot of uh, feedback I've been getting is people say, well, you didn't raise enough. You're going to have to come back to the market. Well, I don't think we will uh, unless COVID lasts for the next two years and everything is stalled. But, you know, based on our schedule, right now we're going to be applying uh, in August for our mine permit. If things go according to plan, we should have it by the end of Q1. And the, the funds we have are sufficient to complete all the feasibility work and, and get our mine permit in hand. So that'll be a big catalyst for the company after that. That's quite big. I, I don't, haven't appreciated that. So that'll get you through to when you start raising money to actually get this thing into production. Uh, okay. That, that's right. That's impressive. That's impressive. So um, what are you doing with the money that you did raise? I mean, what, what, what precisely, how are you spending it? Are you, and I know you said you put some in treasury, but you've also got to move things forward. So how's that broken down? No, uh, well, you know, uh, we, we had uh, then with that raising, we had about six, six and a half million dollars in the treasury, which basically we've been using to do our environmental base or environmental impact study. So that's been completed. Now we're at the phase now where we have uh, two public uh, hearings. So one at site uh, with the small villages in the area and then one in Niami. Once those are done, uh, everything is submitted. We get a sign off from the environmental ministry. Uh, that, that goes in as part of our application for our mining permit. So on top of uh, using funds to do that, we've been using funds obviously to complete all the feasibility work necessary for our development plan uh, for our mining permit application. And then the balance will be used for some geotechnical drilling that's going to be required uh, and the final engineering and design for the mine and the plant. So. You know, the, we, we have sufficient funds on board to do all of that. Okay, and there's a little bit of um, debt with Turkish banks on in relation to Befeza. I mean, is that going to be rolled over? I mean, how's that being dealt with? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. So uh, Befeza has basically sponsored uh, Global Atomic, and uh, the, the, we have a deal with them. Uh, at about a 5% interest rate to carry our portion. And what we have uh, agreed to is that we would use all the cash flow to pay that down prior to receiving dividends. So they've got 100% of the cash flow coming to them aside from the management fees, et cetera, that I mentioned. And the Turkish banks, uh, we have lines of credit in Turkey. We've been operating there since 2009. The banks, uh, 
you know they, they've been working with us they like us and uh, so the lines of credit uh, help us with our general working capital requirements in the country okay now tell me this I want to talk about the market just briefly if I if I may like you're one of the few management teams that have actually produced and sold uranium into market okay and I always say to my followers and, and, and readers that that's really really important um, so given that what are you hearing in the market what do you know well, uh, the utilities are sort of sitting on their hands at the moment, but it looks like uh, they may start moving uh, by, you know, mid next year, let's say. Uh, you know, there's U.S. elections in the meantime. Uh, nobody knows whether Mr. Trump is going to be back in or the Democrats are going to be back in. I think, I mean, either, either group uh, have declared that they're positive about nuclear power. It's part of a, a clean energy solution. And uh, so we think after these things are, are sorted out and uh, clarified, uh, you know, you're going to start seeing the utilities getting back into the market. Spot-wise, we can always sell uranium in the spot market, but clearly, I mean, what Global Atomic wants to do is once things are in hand as far as our mining permit and our development plan is that we would meet with utilities and sign in some longer term contracts so that we can project finance the DASA. Okay. Are you hearing anything about the Russian suspension agreement? Because it seems to be all quiet on the Western Front as far as we're concerned. Yeah. I, I haven't heard a lot. Maybe you can uh, shed some light on that one. Not yet. Not yet. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. So you, the, I think that that's a very similar picture to what we're hearing um, on the street, as it were. The fact that Utilities are biding their time till the towards the end of this year, and I think in the beginning of next year we'll start talking to companies trying to understand what is possible and what's not. And there's a there's a few companies that seem to be positioning themselves quite well for that, um, but that may come a little bit too late for a few others. So interesting times for sure. Um, so your the rest of this year is head down, get on, control where you can control, and. Uh, I hope that is enough. Well, you know what? This year uh, we will we will be busy. We've put out RFPs uh, with groups that are interested in building the project. So that's all part of our uh, work plan going ahead. So we've been reviewing those. We've been uh, make, doing a lot of meetings with various groups from various locations that are interested in uh, building the mine and the mill, uh, getting quotes. Uh, you know, building up the team capability in country as well. So, you know, all of this is ongoing uh, with the anticipation is once the mining permit is in hand, we will want to move ahead fairly quickly. Okay. When's that again? When's the mining plan? You th when you think you're going to be have that in hand? So our, our schedule right now is by the end of Q1 next year uh, that we would have it in hand. Uh, we're hoping that we can move that ahead, but... Uh, Niger is also having a presidential uh, presidential election, and uh, so campaigning is going to start there probably in the fall. That's why we want to get our permit in into the government by August, so that at least they have their initial review and they can give us a, a bit of a, a heads up on when they think it could be issued. Okay, well, all sounds all sounds good. I think you've been mo mo motoring along. You've building something quite nice. The market seems to like what you're saying. 
Um, and hopefully this this COVID situation does clear up for all of us, you know, uh, and we can move on with, with business as usual. So I appreciate the update. Uh, I mean, stay in touch with, and let us know how you get on. Pick up the phone. Uh, we'd be delighted to take that call, Stephen. Thank you very much, Matthew. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.